0: You're listening to the Jets Country Podcast, powered by Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Network. It's Ralph Venturi back again, talking New York Jets on HBO's Hard Knocks. Episode 3 of the docuseries is complete. I watched it live. As did my co-host Amanda Shin. And now it's time to break it all down. Tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, what we liked, what we didn't like. You know I was all about that Ron Middleton sighting early on. We had uh, Jerome Cap, the rapper, a Ralph Macchio cameo as well. We talk about all that and more on the Jets Country Podcast, next. We're back on the Jets Country Podcast, Ralph Ventry with co-host Amanda Shin, and we're breaking it down, Hard Knocks, Episode 3. And believe me, folks, if you didn't watch it yet, I don't know why you would listen to the podcast before you would watch the show, but if you didn't watch it yet, there's a lot to see. They gave us some of what we were calling for, um, both Amanda and I. There were people and situations in particular that we wanted featured, and we got some of that. Um, I got my underdog story. Uh, they went with Tanzel Smart, the defensive tackle. Um we got an undrafted rookie in there, Jerome Cap. Um a lot to cover, of course. You even
1: you even got Morstead. I
0: my guy Thomas Morstead, the punter. How about that? They gave him some love as well. Uh, Randall Cobb getting on him for uh sprinting off the field after holding for PATs. <laughs> but we can get into that. We'll we'll kind of just go through episode three. Just as we did the first two times around, we'll we'll start at the top and we'll go through it all. I know Amanda got her um, she wanted some, I guess uh, the fisticuffs, the the action. Uh, we saw some of that in the joint practice. We saw a lot of that actually in the joint practice with Tampa Bay. So let's get it started. we'll We'll go with the shows open and for the first time, In the three episodes, they open up on the field. Uh, The last two times, the show opened indoors in a meeting room, once with Coach Sala, the other one was with your boy Oz Perlman, Um, and (laughs) wait, wait, just before, this popped into my head, and before we get started, (laughs) I gotta ask you, Amanda, who do you think is making more money off of Hard Knocks? Is it Oz Perlman and all the free promotion that he got last week? Or is it this Al the Jeweler who who Sauce is hooked up with, and he got that piece for Aaron Rodgers, and now your boy Woody Johnson's got some bling. Um, Woody was iced out. (laughs) Iced out. But Al the Jeweler is making that money Oz Perlman's making that money. Amanda, what did you think of the show's open?
1: So you kind of called it, too. You When you were like, you know what? Do they have to open to a meeting every single time? Um, so that was... I, I, what I really liked about that opener, though, was they focused on Randall, Randall, Randall Cobb and his relationship with Aaron. And, like kind of giving the rest of the wide receiver core like inside information on Aaron and like you know gaining his trust and being very like firm that if you don't have it he's not going to look to you he's not going to throw you the ball so I thought like it opened like very intense um it, and, and I didn't know like how at what point they were gonna throw the fights in and everything? This was a different intensity that like really showed the internal like factors and like just you know the the value that having Randall there also brings alongside with um, with Rogers, you know. So um, so I thought that was really and and then going into um, just the opener in the meeting room. I thought it was a good message, you know, survivors, contenders, competitors, commander. Um, I thought it was effective because, you know, it is true. Um, Every team does have a survivor, if not more. And basically, Sala was like, don't be that guy. And made it very clear, like, everybody in that room, whomever that survivor is, Everybody knew in that moment who it was, so it kind of put people on the spot to be like, "All right, here's our opportunity to not be that and to go by way of, you know, like obviously push them towards the commander." So, so I thought that open was good on both sides, both field and in the in the uh, uh, meeting room.
0: And you mentioned Randall Cobb on the field. We got to see more of him, a more intimate look at him and the family. ...later on in the show, so obviously we'll get to that. Um, I did want to point out, I wrote an article for SI.com, as I have done the last two Tuesday mornings, uh, three things I want to see in this upcoming episode of Hard Knocks. Um, Amanda gives you the the wrap-up and the review, so tomorrow, look out for her, she'll grade you know, three or four elements of the show, and she gives you that on the back end, and then on the front end next Tuesday, I'll give you my three things that I want to see. Anyway, to get to the point, one of the three things what I let off with was tight ends coach Ron Middleton. And this guy is a treasure. Um, I, I just love his delivery uh, he's got a ton of knowledge, he's been around the game for a long time as a player and a coach, and they didn't give us much, um, I wanted at least, like, uh, a 30-second speech, but they gave us, like, a two-second, uh, soundbite, but he was in that beginning scene helping set the tone where where you were talking about how there was an intensity, he was the guy yelling. Uh, I believe he was yelling competition, competition. Um, so he kind of set that that tone, that intensity that that you mentioned. But that was Ron Middleton, and I would love to see some more of him moving forward. Um, uh, let's get to the meeting room where you mentioned Coach Sala's uh, speech, his his uh, competitors, commanders survivors Survivor. and all that such and i i i I appreciated that I appreciated those four categories but but then at the end he had some kind of uh, analogy I guess what he was talking about what had happened with the defense and the offense and he kind of lost me there he's not he's not great with those analogies uh coach Sala knows defense and I think he knows how to motivate, but as far as the analogies go, coach, sit that one out, because, uh, let let me see what what the note was here, but I just was like, coach, you're reaching, you're reaching here, coach, um, so, um, but, but with that said, the, 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 the whole point of the, the contenders, competitors, commanders, like, obviously, uh, you know, there was a message there, and, and he did a nice job of delivering it.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, just, like, you want to bring – he wants everybody to be on the same page and all moving in the same direction forward together. He doesn't – of course, he wants a team of competitors, but, you know, like, the the – leaders on offense need to bring the rest of the offense with them. The leaders on defense need to bring the rest. And then they all need to come together, um, you know, and do it and do it for each other because, you know, it's, you know, obviously a team sport and, the, and they need to, uh, you know, maximize their their potential on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah. And, and I, know what it, the, I know the it. party analogy, that's what he was saying, that the defense invited you to the party and this and that, like, <laughs> I had no idea what where he was going with that was the thing with it the defense invited the offense to the party but they they accepted the invitation but then they 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 didn't or they they didn't show up or whatever just just there say the nice defense the, the easy way I guess what he was trying to say was the defense has been kicking ass and the offense needs to 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 step, step it around. up a little bit here and and get, get you know uh <laughs> Get yeah. those uh, gears going in, line, in, yeah, in the, the right direction. Line,
1: I think he was saying like the offensive line, their invite to the party got lost in the mail, and they need to just show up. All
0: right, alright, okay. That so I guess that's what he was going for. But like I said, it was, you know, he 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 was doing well with the with the competitors, and, and then he just goes to that weird analogy. But whatever. Um, may, maybe yeah, it's he, just he, me. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Um. So. Then we go to the third segment of the show, and that's when they bring in Dalvin Cook. I guess he comes in on a private jet, and that's Teeterboro Airport, I assume. Goes right from Teeterboro
1: on a private
0: jet to. Yeah, I mean. I've never landed on Teterboro. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh I I don't I don't have that kind of that that kind of scratch. So uh, I'm not coming in on private jets anyway <laughs> landing at Teterboro, but I think that was Teterboro Airport right to uh the facility in Florham Park. Um and yeah, Dalvin Cook is in town and uh they they celebrate him. They they show some of the uh Interactions with Dalvin and the new teammates uh, on practice uh, on the practice field. Obviously, Dalvin's in street clothes and he wasn't ready to practice yet. And the narrator, his, uh, our buddy Lib Schreiber, went sat- into that. So
1: yeah, his babe, his wife had a baby Saturday night. So you know he was there for like all of maybe like twenty four hours. Um, and so you know you saw the segment with. Aaron and like kind of asking him about it you know is it is it planned like are you gonna get a c-section or and he was like yeah Saturday night so um we'll have to follow up on that I didn't see anything about it but hopefully you know they're all doing well and um and home probably today to be honest he's probably back back in Jersey
0: yeah, and I, I mean, they went really into detail there. They even mentioned that the wife or the the, the mother was being induced. Uh, mm-hmm. The labor was going to be induced. So, I mean, they really gave you uh, some 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 uh, an inside <laughs> uh, look at at Dalvin Cook's uh, personal life right now, an expectant father. And as you mentioned, I don't know. This is Tuesday night. You'd assume the baby has been born. Hopefully. Uh, Maybe we'll we'll get to see some of that in the in the next episode. Maybe they uh, maybe they'll do a live look-in from the uh, delivery room. Uh, uh, well, it wouldn't be live, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but no, they they did really go into detail there. But that that was cool, obviously, to show the dynamic between him and Rodgers. and you know that was the first thing that Ro- they showed us that Rodgers asked him, obviously, is you know. How's mom, and how's that going? So it was. Yeah. It wasn't about hey, it wasn't about football. It was it was them the first, it was them connecting on a personal level, you know, um, getting to know each other as people uh, first, or at least that's how it was presented to us um, yes. by 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 the show. Um, but then they go for from Dalvin to uh, Brees Hall, right? It's Brees Finally Hall rehabbing. Cleared. What did yeah. you make of this, Amanda?
1: So finally cleared to practice. It, you know. They showed him doing all the stretches, the rehab. Um, I I knew that they wouldn't show us much of him like touching the ball or running routes or anything. Um, but him finally cleared to practice made me immediately made me wonder what week is he actually going to come back. I can't imagine they're going to put him in. Um, you know anytime soon um he might be like kind of a mid-season um throw in there because they want to continue to protect him make sure he continues to get stronger um can you know make those lateral movements and you know so and with Dalvin you know obviously he needs to like get to know the playbook and and all of that and get up to speed um at least now Brees has, has help. And so, you know, if he doesn't have to come in, maybe they do, um, you know, have a backup and then Dalvin and then, and then introduce Brees. But I just, for him to have been finally cleared, it just really made me feel like he's not going to, um, it's not going to be early in the season. Uh, I could be wrong, but, um, he looked like he did everything he needed to to rehab, but um, it makes me a little leery on, you know, when, when he's actually going to get get time.
0: Well, the Jets, going back to OTAs, the Jets did say, Coach Sala did say, that they were going to slow play it with Hall and and take a cautious approach. He even said that he would be limited in training camp. Obviously, he started training camp on the PUP list, and uh, now he's actually practicing. But to your point, um, even Hard Knocks, they kind of threw it in there where where Hall was like, you know, uh, where there was a question of whether or not he was going to be ready for week one. He was kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm... I, I forget the actual comment, but they kind of just snuck it in there like... That um, And it, it, it created some doubt, at least, in the mind of the viewer, or in my mind at least. Um, and I personally think now that they have Dalvin Cook, they have that bell cow back, they can afford to start Brees on the, on the short-term IR, which I believe it used to be six weeks, but now I think it's only four weeks. Uh, and then you can bring the player back uh, under the rules this year. So he would only be out the first four weeks. Uh, it would give him more time to recover. I mean, the, the injury happened October 23rd, so it's it's August 22nd, August 23rd, probably by the time you're listening to this. So it's, it's exactly 10 months since the injury, not even the surgery. And they've always said that ACLs, are nine to twelve months. Usually, the twelve months is, is is it takes you to get back to full form at least. And they say the technology and the and the procedures have have advanced over the years, and maybe that shortens down the time. I personally think it's it's um it's it's a minimum of twelve months, you know. And maybe there's a freakish case. Uh, where somebody gets back quicker than that. But then you have the component of the running backs. And running backs, other than Adrian Peterson was the outlier, the running backs sometimes, yeah, they come back in 12 months, but they don't revert to their pre-injury form until the second season back. And I think Saquon Barkley... Is a perfect example of that. He wasn't. He came back that next season, but he didn't go to pre-injury Saquon until this past year in 2022. You know, so sure,
1: I, yeah. So I um uh, so I tore my ACL and my meniscus, and obviously I was not playing as you know physical of a sport as football. I can it is so damaging psychologically more so than it is physically. Physically, you know, they're competitors. They're competing at the highest level. They're going to do whatever they can to get back. They're going to be strong. They're going. Their body is actually very trustworthy. What's not trustworthy is it takes a little bit to get that mental connection back because you can physically be ready. He can be physically cleared, but him to feel trust in his knee and in his body again to you know take those hits and you know be shifty and it 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 takes a lot to get there. And so I think that yes, you can physically come back, but then it does take time to like build that trust back in yourself. So I think that what you're referencing is actually they mentally then were more confident um, that, you know, like they can perform at, at full and, and it's just that mental psychological connection. Um, so I, I, I agree. Like it's, it's going to take some time, even when he does come back, you know, we're going to see him probably be a little more hesitant. He's going to be a little bit quicker or a, li- a, a little bit slower. And then we'll see him gradually, you know, get quicker and quicker over time. But yeah, no, it, it's, it's, a terrible injury for a running back. and and you know, just even for his personal like career longevity, you know, you want him to really feel confident and and good coming back. because um, prematurely if you go back, you know there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong.
0: You make a great point with the the mental aspect and the the recovery that it takes uh, in that area. Um, and there's definitely a lot to that, and then and then physically going back to physically, um. It's still you know the the straight line speed is back, and yeah, Hall made a couple of nice cuts on that they showed you on the practice field, but um, once you get up to game speed and game action, and the the it it's the stopping on a dime and 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 the cuts, that. Yes. That are difficult for that injury, you know. And I, if I encourage people to follow him on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it, um, but Pro Football Doc uh, at Pro Football Doc, David Chow, he does a great job breaking down injuries. Uh, he was a team doctor for the San Diego Chargers uh, for I think like 17 years, um, but now he has his own site and he's kind of made a gig. Out of uh, analyzing injuries uh, from videotape, but he's a big believer that um, you know it, it's it's more difficult for running backs from from his experience to see that, and and he thinks it's going to take Hall some time. I I read where he was mentioning that you'll get Hall back this season, and you could even have him back for Week One, but he thinks it's going to be like. 65% of Brees Hall is is all you're gonna see this season. You know you're not gonna see the Brees Hall who broke the long run in Denver before going down with the injury. At least not this year. Um, but 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 some would argue, hey, 65% Brees Hall is is pretty darn good. And then you throw Dalvin Cook in there, um, a four-time Pro Bowler. 1100 yards at least 1100 yards each of the last four years and the Jets certainly have firepower there in the backfield and you know they'll if they're smart they'll they'll run the ball and they'll use it and it seems that Nathaniel Hackett's gonna do that um, I think it was at this point where they showed a quick clip of Hackett's presser and he talked about running the football. Um, which is no surprise if you look back at, at his coaching career. Um, then, when, I think, is this when Woody came in? Is this when we were in the meeting yeah. room with, with Woody? Um, now, I got I know Woody signs the checks, and he has a lot of clout, uh, but did, did he, like, demand this appearance? Like, I, I don't know. Like, he seems to definitely, Woody seems to love a lot of Woody. And, uh, and um, I, I just whatever. It was silly. It was lighthearted. Um, I guess it, it's kind of just the owner having to get his his obligatory screen time. But whatever, dude. Like I, I don't know. Like this seventy year old guy or however old he is, billionaire, pharmaceutical billionaire, ambassador to England, like uh, ambassador to the UK. I mean. Like, what does he have? He has nothing in common with those guys that he's talking to. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably like, come on. Like, he's he's trying to be the cool guy, you know. But come on, Woody, you are what you are. All right, I'm sure they love you because you sign the checks and and that's it. But whatever, <laughs> uh, whatever. I'm not I'm not the biggest Woody fan if if you couldn't tell. Um.
1: But, yeah, they all the players were probably looking at that necklace, like, man, that should have been in my pocket.
0: Like... <laughs> yeah, instead of splurging on the necklace, how about you give me a a few exactly. extra thousand in that signing bonus, you know? Or, or like the kid Jerome Cap. Jerome Cap said he didn't even get a signing bonus. Yeah, you know, like, hey, what? Woody, and Woody's flaunting this, uh, you know, two hundred thousand dollar diamond necklace from Al the jeweler. Whatever, it, it's just. <laughs> I guess it was harmless, but I could have done without Woody Johnson in that, in that, in that moment there. Um, and but yo, shout out to Al the Jeweler. Like I said, this guy is killing it this this <laughs> summer. <laughs>
1: well, I think so. Knowing that we were going to have a lot of drama with the fight um that we'll get into. I think they needed knew they needed to balance it somehow and they were like, "Oh, let's throw this kind of like funny lighthearted segment in here of Woody just being silly, you know."
0: No, that's that that that's fair and I'm probably being a little overly critical, but but hey. Um you know, I'm I'm sure Woody's never going to hear this anyway and you got hey.
1: And we 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 segue from Woody into who is arguably the funniest person on the team and who brings a lot of balance to all of the drama. He is literally my favorite person, I think, walking earth right now, Quinn and Williams.
0: I knew you were gonna go there, uh, with the Quinn and Williams and they gave us more Quinn and Williams and that's okay. We're cool Give me with that. All the Quinn. Absolutely. Um, but before that, the one thing I noticed and maybe it's just because I I don't know. It was kind of it's kind of dark, but uh, Liv Schreiber uh, Schreiber introduces that segment with with Tampa coming up to New York. You know the Florida New York, and he said, and it was so blunt, like he said, uh, "New Yorkers go to Florida to die." You know, like the old like <laughs> New Yorkers go to Florida to die. Now, now I've heard. We know there are a ton of transplants down there, and that's the running joke. And there are the snowbirds who are six months in Florida, six months up here. Um, I wish I had that budget where I could be a snowbird myself. But, you know, and I've heard the, um, you know, Florida... Is heaven's waiting room? You know that that would have been a little more eloquent. You know, like Florida's heaven's yeah. waiting, heaven's heaven's waiting room. You know, but this guy just—he pulled no punches. He pulled no punches. He just goes, you know, <laughs> New Yorkers go to Florida to die. All right, li- li- all right. Sh- but anyway, I just found that uh, noteworthy. I don't know if you picked up on that.
1: I didn't I didn't and that's I think even worse that I was just like oh that's normal
0: <laughs> go back and listen to that but uh, but anyway it goes right into there and then it's 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 your boy Quinin Williams cue ball um, oh. always has an ear to- ear smile and you know if I had 96 million and whatever it was 66 million guaranteed I'd have a lot of reasons to smile as well but it just seems like it's not about the money with him. That's the thing that's so cool. It's almost like he's a little kid who, who's playing ball, just loving life. Uh, this gregarious type of individual, um, you know, really uh, um, a magnetic personality, I guess, here. And I'm sure you were enjoying this.
1: Yeah, he's balling out and like he's just so silly funny like, you know, talking about Mike Evans calling him fat and then he's like throwing it off all of his his teammates being like, you know, he, he called me fat, would you call me fat? And then his one teammate being like, I would say you're not skinny, like you're proportionate. I just like he makes me laugh out loud.
0: And, and then he goes up to Evans after the practice is over. It's and then I want to like,
1: A.B., I died. I died. I died. I know. So good.
0: But oh. then after our Quinn and Williams, uh, our dose of, of, of Quinn and Williams that goes into the scuffles and the fights, and it, it was getting pretty intense out there. Um, no question about it. Uh, what were your impressions of, 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 of that part of the show?
1: So, I was kind of shocked at, like, Sauce kind of being, like, an instigator and, like, kind of starting it. Um, And then, you know, him setting it off. Then we saw, that was the first time that we saw Tanzel Smart. Like, kind of, he was, he was, like, that first main, like, real fight. Um, Billy Turner, TJ Luther, like, there were some interesting names, um, you know, like, really going at it. I appreciated um, you know, just, like, how competitive they were being for, for just a joint practice, um, but, you know, like, and, like, they just kept cutting to sell, like, leave it alone, leave it alone, you know, like, whatever, um, I don't know, like, it was kind of, like, inconsequential at the end of the day, like, you know, I was hoping to see a little bit more, um, but you know, like it, it definitely showcased um, how competitive both teams were being.
0: And then they, um, they go into Garrett Wilson. I think making plays right after, after the brouhaha, after all that kind of calms down, that's when they cut to Wilson. I think, and he he catches like four balls in a row. And, I mean, I'm aboard the Garrett Wilson hype train. Um, me, too. I'm a, I'm a fantasy football enthusiast, as I know you are. You know, you're always trying to get me to sign up for that app, whatever it sleeper is. Sleeper app. The, the Sleeper, the Sweeper, the what? The Sleeper
1: app. Yeah, my, uh, at work today, actually, uh, a friend of my, a friend of mine and I, we just convinced our work fantasy to, to be all on Sleeper this year, too. So, we're, you know, grassroots here. We're... We're really getting the, the word out
0: look at that um, you know maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll like to uh, sponsor the next episode of the Jets Country podcast. I'm still waiting for that that phone call from their uh, their advertising people um, but but yeah Garrett Wilson getting back to fantasy I, I, I think this guy is a, a top five fantasy receiver. I know that that may you know that'll be a little bit of a stretch for some people right now but I'm buying the hype you know you you saw it. hard knocks is, is 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 gassing them up too um but obviously with with the quarterback you know the hard knocks was was uh suggesting that the connection with Rodgers that QB1 to wide receiver 1 that connection was kind of still you know Yes. That is not, to me. It's it's happened already. You know. You get what I'm I saying? Think, like they, they made think, it like it was yeah. a little early, a little premature. I I think that those guys are are locked yeah. in already.
1: This is them. This is this is them playing poker to make it look like they're not really that connected. They they are locked in and they are connecting at every chance that they could get. Rogers is going to throw that ball up and Wilson's going to get it every single time. Like it's that's not even a, a question.
0: All right, so then I think, is this when they go into the Randall Cobb piece or no?
1: So, well, they well first before that, they oh, show, like, some of the older guys that were there. <laughs> you know, uh, we came a long way since the butt fumble. They show Sanchez, Braylon Edwards, Damian Woody there. Um, so I thought that was cool, you know, like oh, all yeah, talking da- about, like.
0: Damian Woody, he, uh, he hasn't missed many meals uh, lately. Uh, <laughs> neither have I. But then I learned that he had seven kids, and I can imagine I the the stress eating uh, for having seven children. God bless you, Damian Woody. Um, but yeah, like like I can't talk. And then I find out Sala has seven kids. I didn't know that about Coach.
1: Crazy. He's in
0: great shape for having seven kids. I mean, you think seven kids? This guy would just be torn to pieces, you know. But I, yeah. Um, But but you know he's a a a football coach, uh, head coach, and seven kids. I mean, think about this this guy. He must not get two seconds to himself. Honestly, extremely impressive. Uh, Once I learned that about Coach Sala seven children i mean yeah we need
1: to learn we need to learn more about salah's wife now that you mentioned that because yeah he's gonna be he's not around he has to watch film he's away during the season like that's a lot he had the
0: one he had the one son with him right where are the other six you know the boy (laughs) the the wife is is is, is, has the other six (laughs) like he gets off easy
1: Aaron Rodgers is babysitting the one. And, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. He wasn't even. It
0: was, he was letting Rodgers. He was making Rodgers babysit. <laughs> watch the guy, the the young guy, and then and then. But the other six has his. But yeah, Rodgers- we have to find out. Uh,
1: a mom because yeah, we we definitely need to find that out and then yeah. rogers was like yeah your son punched me in the face yesterday yeah, yeah that was a little that was like kind
0: of awkward and like, was like, what? like like i think i don't know if sala was like should i be
1: mad right now with this kid yeah like, he's like he wait doing? what like yeah do you need to get checked out like <laughs> <laughs> I... Yeah, so but then yes, that then it did segue into the that um that segment with Cobb and his, his wife and their kids, which was so cute the baby announcement. Yeah, I think um,
0: they did a really nice job on yeah, that. Yeah, they did on that Cobb and segment. And like
1: who would have known that so I knew that Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers were close, but like you don't know how close, like just the fact that Aaron is their son's godfather, like you know, yeah, like that—that Cob- that was a personal like segment. So I, I, I really did appreciate that.
0: Cobb did mention um, that Aaron was uh, the godfather to one of his children, um, back when he signed. I don't know if it was his, his introductory presser or maybe okay. just a a media availability during OTAs, but he did mention the godfather component there. But then okay. you got even—you got a little more because you have uh Randall's wife um mentioning that you know the the, the kids just call him Uncle Aaron you know is it, right. and they have no idea really that he's like the right. star football player they see him it's on just, tv and
1: they're like oh like, what's Uncle Aaron
0: doing on tv you know like so that was that was a cool moment I agree with yeah, you there it
1: was. they're a really um, cute family that was I liked that
0: the other thing was she, she did mention how New Jersey has been great to them um but I think she's from New Jersey. I believe I remember Cobb mentioning that in that same press conference um, that that the wife is from New Jersey, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so that would make sense, you know, that she's back home. Of course, she loves it. And, of course, we know New Jersey's a great place, um, you know, and New Jersey's got a lot of haters. But, hey, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. We know that. So <laughs> we're popping over here and you can hate so please, us all you want, but stay away, leave this beautiful land to us, although, I love getting,
1: how you're, I love how you're repurposing Salah's quote from, uh, it is, episode.
0: dude, it, it is a tremendous quote, it really is, like, um, and I know it's, uh, it's, it, it's a part of a rap song, um, um, <laughs> nowadays, but a, a more, a more, a contemporary rap song, um, my my hip hop knowledge really kind of stops around 2005, um, so uh, but but no, it is it, it is a great lyric and and it Salah is a great it's a great motto and it, it, it like I, I all, all kidding aside it's it's goofy but it, it's kind of true you know I mean it, no
1: it definitely you know? is I mean it, yeah. look at
0: look at the Jets Country podcast you know we all got all these haters but hey <laughs> we popping over here doing something right sorry so we got where are we now we 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 touched on the fact we randall Yep. and now where do we go here uh my notes are a little messy so
1: then it went into tanzel smart and it went into like highlighting you know like they they cut back to that segment where he's like yeah let's go to a broadway show and get a carcucci board um, you know, highlighted that he's been in the league seven years, been with the Jets for four. He's only played in six games. He's really fighting hard for a spot on this roster.
0: Yeah, and, and then they came back to Smart, I think, later on in the yes. in the preseason game. But this is where, where they introduced us to his story, I believe, right? Yeah. And it, yep. this was the yeah. underdog, essentially. I would have rather had it been... A rookie, a younger rookie like Xavier Gibson, which they gave us a taste of that, but I mean, it was just that it was a snippet. It was it was thirty seconds uh, of him returning a punt, uh, going into that preseason game, I think. But but no, here's the the Tanzel Smart, the underdog story, the guy who's scraping, clawing for that for that roster spot um unfortunately i I don't see a spot for him. I just don't see room for him on this uh on this roster. I mean, the jets are going to carry ten defensive linemen um I don't, I don't that think segment
1: le- made me it made me question maybe he does have a space
0: no and and i I think that I mean, he spent time on the practice squad last year, and i I don't see him being claimed by anyone so. You, he's another guy, maybe you put him down on the practice squad to start out the season. and yeah, if there's an injury, that. you know he's the first guy you elevate. Um, and I think now, obviously the practice squad after Covid, practice squad expanded. Um, I think you can have it doesn't matter how much uh, it doesn't matter how much NFL service time you have anymore. like anybody can bring on the practice squad. Uh, originally, I think like you know, once you got past like four or five years, you had no more practice squad eligibility. But now, you know, a ten-year veteran can be on the practice squad. Uh, you know, I.E. Cole Beasley last year when Buffalo brought him back, they started him on the practice squad and then elevated him. Um, so yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. So this guy, he's been in the league seven years, but um, and and you can get paid you know, $500,000 a year on the practice squad, too. You can get a big contract. Obviously, there's a minimum, but you can yeah. be a a well-compensated player and still have a practice squad spot. So, um, I think that that's probably where Tanzel Smart winds up. Um, and those
1: people, I mean, that position is important because in practice, you're making those starters better, you know, and so... They, they need that experience there, you know, no, so... No, w- w-
0: without a doubt, without a doubt, and and the chances are, um, if you're on the practice squad, you're going to be elevated at some point in the season, just because of the the nature of the game, you know, there, there's such a high injury rate, especially in the trenches, um, and, and I think the Jets, I see the Jets going with 10 D linemen, 6 of them being defensive ends, Four being interior. In the interior, you have Quentin Williams, you have Solomon Thomas, you have Al Woods, and Quentin Jefferson. Um, and if one of those guys is unavailable, then you elevate Smart. But so I, I think you know he. It's a good feel-good story, but um, you know. But with that said, hey, I, I'm not going to feel bad for this guy because he's hung around the NFL for seven years. And and that's higher than than, than the average. Uh, most yes. NFL players don't even make it to four years, which I think is the mark that they need to hit in order to get the pension. Um, see, on the Jets Country podcast, we're giving it to you all here. It's not just hard knocks. It's it's not just surface level stuff. We're talking about CBA. We're talking about practice squad regulations. I mean, we give it to you all because that's what we do. I mean, you know, I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna uh, sound overconfident, but hey, I, I know a lot of stuff, you know, and Amanda does too. And <laughs> hey, hate us all you want, cause we're popping. Um, but we're um, <laughs> but yeah, I think so. Then they go into um, then we go into a rookie show. Yes, the rookie show. Yes, and I. Ri- I'll let you take this one. Um, I'll just make two quick comments. One, I did enjoy Zaire Barnes. He came in uh, with the first musical group. But before that, we had Izzy Abanaconda, the running back. And did you have any any idea what this guy was saying with that joke? Like, I have no... That... I, I couldn't... I am just... No, I... <laughs> I mean, I,
1: you know, terrible
0: joke. Terrible. I I, I have no yeah. idea where what, what was happening there.
1: Yeah, but, I know. And at that point, I was trying to make sense of what they were doing. Like, what was the theme? I was like, is this, like, American Idol? Is this, like, you know, like, America's Got Talent? Like, what are they... You know, is it just karaoke? Like, I didn't know what... And so then... At that point is like when it clicks, when they when they uh, also came out with like um, um, the whatever boy band Backstreet Boys and I was like okay so now I oh
0: see. they were terrible though Tipman, and I don't was was Zach Kunz, was he doing the Backstreet Boys too he was doing I think something so. and they cut the Tipman, and the they were terrible they were terrible Izzy Abonikonda's joke Izzy joke was terrible. Tipman was terrible. Zach Coons was terrible. Zaire Barnes, I he did a nice job. I think he was doing Return of the Mac, uh, Mac Morrison. Yeah. That was good.
1: That was good. And then yeah. I think,
0: then I think you know, um, the Backstreet Boys that was bad. You know, nice choice, nice selection, but yeah. terribly executed. They all,
1: they all have drone cap to thank. You know. He there you just... go.
0: Exactly. And that's when we get into it. The end of the show there, uh, the the Jets version of Eminem, whatever that guy, the capper, of rapper, whatever, water. no cap. Um, but what did you think about that? Uh, g- give me your whole breakdown of the of of the rookie show, and then I know you want to focus on Cap's performance uh, because it was a showstopper.
1: It this was the best, obviously the best part of the whole show, um, and. Like, he nailed every single part of it. And even the acapella when he turned the, the beat off at the end and he, he finished it out with the final rap battle. Um, I, what I want to see is an edit of the 8 Mile video from the movie with Cap's face on it. And the opponents, um, every corner that they'll face all season... I want to see the opponent's corner as Anthony Mackie in, you know, every single... Ahead of every game, it should be their hype-up video. So, this week going into the Giants, it should be cap on Eminem against Odori Jackson as Anthony Mackie. And that edit, I mean, every single year or every single uh, week, I would just... I would share that out. It would just be, like, pure gold. Um, He literally like thank god he came in and just like picked the rest of the rookies up because um he the whole team went wild and um you know there were parts where it was like oh is is this is the energy going to die down but no it stayed up the entire time and i couldn't have been more proud
0: yeah i don't know if he has a post-playing career as a recording artist, but I gotta give him credit for standing up there in front of a hundred other guys and uh, just letting it loose, and, and I don't think he missed a word, I think he got every no. lyric, which was extremely impressive, um, so a nice job for the guy out of Kutztown University, uh, out in Berks County, Pennsylvania, Um since we all we do is drop knowledge on the Jets Country podcast, Kutztown University, Division II school, member of the PSAC conference, and home to Andre Reed, Pro Football Hall of Famer Andre Reed, a wide receiver, of course, um, and uh, two time Super Bowl champion John Mobley, uh, a linebacker with the Denver Broncos. Back in the late '90s, um, so Kutztown has a little NFL pedigree there. Good to see Jerome Cap representing. And then I think from the 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 rookie show, then they then they go to the to the game, right? Which is kind of the the penultimate moment of every episode. They kind of end with this preseason game. Um, well, actually, they ended back in Florham Park with a little little snippet. We'll get to in a minute, but. Um, the preseason game, obviously they focused on Abanaconda's injury that he sustained yeah. in the fourth quarter. Uh, they gave us they that went wasn't, back when to,
1: I said when I said I wanted to see more of the running back court, that was not what I was referencing.
0: No, but definitely. Yeah, that's
1: you, what we got. You, you
0: you you don't want to see the injuries to begin with, and then you know, the fact that they highlighted that with his family in the crowd as well, I, I don't know. You know, they they probably could have found something better to highlight. But well, hey, it it is part of football. You know, it's it's a, it's an unfortunate part of football, but it is part of football. And it doesn't seem that it's going to be a long term injury. Um, but it, it it stinks that it stops his momentum. You know, um, yeah. so they show the Abanaconda injury. They cut back to Tanzel Smart. They revisit the Tanzel Smart story. Um, anything else? What, what What am I missing from the game? What stood out from you? Uh, what stood out for you from that segment?
1: Um, the only other thing, and you had mentioned it a little bit last segment, um, was the Rogers mentorship, mentorship paying dividends. And like when... Zach Wilson had made the run um and he was like just get out of bounds and he's like next time if you were to hurdle you could you could have scored scored that touchdown um like him just like kind of being silly and um but he he really like was encouraging him like on you could see it was like genuine props that he was giving to Zach Wilson like you could clearly tell that he's growing um so, so yeah, that's the only other thing outside of the whole running back um, highlight that I, I saw. I did
0: like uh, Zach Wilson when he was um, he was sitting on the bench with Rodgers, and and he uh, talking about the mustache. You know, cool mustache, man. You know, he was kind of it, 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 it's a uh, it's a good relationship. I appreciate that they can bust on one another. They can. They can clown on one another, essentially. Or,
1: yes, even with the headband, he's like, you're still wearing that thing? And he's like, I literally need it. My The sweat gets in my eyes. No. You know? That was
0: great. And then, of course, uh, Thomas Morstead, the punter, uh, in the game, too. That's when Cobb got everybody focused on Morstead uh, after I holding for a kick, it. sprinting <laughs> off the sidelines.
1: Laughed out loud because, like, you, I, I don't think – the normal person would just pick up on it like it you they really did need to hyper focus on him to like pick up on it but then once you saw it you couldn't unsee it like he was just like sprinting and I I don't know I died it was so funny
0: yeah no that 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 was a good moment and Morstead uh 37 years old still still some pep in his step there um but uh, that was good to see, and then I think they take us back to the facility, right? And this is when they call in our boy, the other Ralph. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Macchio sighting. What did you think Ori- of this?
1: Original Karate Kid. I thought that was interesting. I mean, all these like diehard Jet fans are just coming out of the woodworks. Um. You know, but what I thought was interesting in his speech, he referenced balance again, which like kind of tied into last episode's whole theme. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um,
0: Didn't did he then, like refer he, to Mr. Miyagi as well, like some kind of like yeah, inspirational- yeah. And-
1: once he registered what the, what they were actually like looking for, he was
0: like, what are you talking about." Yeah, yeah, no, that that was great. That was great when he when, when he when he dropped the f bomb there. That was tremendous. But uh, but but the other thing was, and and I I like Ralph Macchio obviously, because um, he's got a great name, and I I was born in the, in the, in nineteen eighty three, so I, I, I remember the movies. Um, but, and it's cool that he's a Jets fan. And it's cool that they're 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 intertwining all these celebrities, but how many of those players actually know who who Ralph Macchio is? How they're probably like, who is this guy? Did he win some contest? That that is this like a VIP fan that he gets at practice? That he gets to address the team? You know? Because he just looks like some ordinary Joe. If you see him, he's not big. He's not you know and. Like I said, how many? None of these guys were alive when the movie came out, other than, than probably Rogers. Um, you know, I think Randall Cobb is like thirty three. But yeah, like <laughs> Sauce Gardner, does he even know the Karate Kid?
1: I mean, I know. I don't know if unless you had like unless they had an uncle or you know their dad like you know made them watch it. I don't. I don't know because even like I was, you know, like. kid when that came out and i it's still like i had to think about okay the original karate kid you know like i had to still piece it together oh that's right they
0: made like a remake of the i didn't even realize the remake
1: was my i was a fan of the remake you know because it kind of came out at the like the age where i was their age so i don't know that appealed more to me but um but yeah so i i don't know like they must have if if they hadn't watched it, they were obviously told ahead of time, like, oh, this is Ralph Macchio. He 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 starred in this in this movie back in the day. Yeah, yeah and
0: I, there has to be a um, you know a, a, an executive producer or or somebody on the production staff who who has some clout, who's making these calls, who is is probably like in their you know 40s was just loving the 90s cuz they had Method Man and now Ralph Macchio and they're bringing back all these Jets fans from this this certain era um so that but anyway I I, I appreciate it because I'm of a certain age but And I, I mean, think just, I think
1: probably Rodgers does too. You know that these would all be his people.
0: No, that's so. a good point. That's a good point. They're bringing People back that Rodgers can relate to, not necessarily the, you know, the 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 average 24 year old NFL player. But hey, that's episode three of Hard Knocks, pretty much in a nutshell. I mean, I don't know where else you can get a more detailed breakdown, a more in-depth review of any show. Never mind Hard Knocks. I mean. The Jets Country Podcast, Ralph Entry and Amanda Shin breaking it down for you. We'll do it again two more times, two more episodes to go. We're past the halfway point here, so we have an episode on August 29th, and then again, I believe, on September 5th, and then, hey, it's right into the season, Buffalo on September 11th at MetLife Stadium. Um... With that said, I'll just give Amanda a chance to, uh, to hit on anything if she wanted to or maybe what she's looking forward to in episode four or what we can expect in her, in her write-up, which is coming to SI.com um, sometime soon. Uh, Amanda, the floor is yours. Close us out here on the Jets Country Podcast.
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely going, in my write-up, um, you know, I'm definitely touching on the Rookie Redemption, the Cobb Connection, um, you know, and, and Tanzel Smart and Abaconda, and, and Quinnin So Quinnen's undefeated in my book. I obviously will always want more Quinnin so I hope that we continue to get that. Um, and I do think that they are going to highlight a little bit more of, like, maybe the Rookie, um, the Rookie Group. Um, I don't think we're gonna get as much, like, star power. I think the final episode will probably come back to Rogers and, you know, like, he will be what leads us into the season. Um, you know, we'll have more of him as a highlight, but I, I, I like what they're doing. I trust what they're doing. Every episode has been entertaining. It has brought every, you know, drama, comedy... So um, I'm just looking forward to to watching episode three and um, against, especially New York versus New York. Um, this should be a really good episode with um, you know both teams being home at MetLife. So I am very much looking forward to that.
0: All right. So episode three of Hard Knocks in the books, Giants-Jets, August 26th at MetLife Stadium. And then episode four of Hard Knocks, Next Tuesday, we'll be back to talk about it all. Thank you for listening. Amanda Shin. I'm Ralph Ventry. This is the Jets Country Podcast.